Hello, you know what time it is, people. Welcome back. Welcome. It is time, everybody, for another episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Triple P, baby. I am Andrew for America, and man, (laughs) I I can't even like organized thoughts lately. I've been trying to put podcasts together. There's so much going on. I don't even, there's, you know, there's so much stuff I want to talk about. I don't, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin. Um, today I want to talk about, uh, this episode is going to be called, I believe, I think, uh, the importance of education, awareness, and courage. Uh, these have obviously been common themes uh, throughout my podcast thus far. And uh, I continue to say that, you know, I'm going to keep bringing examples. I'm going to keep bringing stories. I'm going to keep bringing, um, you know, for lack of a better word, evidence. Or what I would, you know, term as evidence, I guess. Uh, that will back up my claims and that... that you know, I'm trying, all this stuff connects, I keep saying it because that's the point I'm trying to get across on this podcast, is that, you know, sooner or later, people, you're going to have to start facing this stuff. Sooner or later, you know, y- you can't know and do nothing about it. You got you to gotta know and do something about it. You have to, like, find the courage, educate yourself, have the awareness be knowledgeable about the forces that are moving in the world that are, uh, you know, like-minded and peaceful or are not like-minded and are violent and are trying to subvert and are trying to, you know, seize power and control. It is crazy out there right now. It is. I just got done listening to Sam Winchester's podcast uh, I think it's called Asian Lives Matter. I think it's 84 or 85, maybe. And he's talking about how... I mean, he's playing these clips of these these people that are talking about the Capitol riot. Um, I mean, there's so many conflicting stories. All, all the testimony, none of it's adding up. You know, it's just... It, there's obviously nefarious forces uh, acting in concert. With a lot of this stuff, uh, you know, and you know what? Who knows? Maybe it's maybe like Antifa, or you know, maybe these these new groups that are forming all over. Maybe some of them are part of some secret society or secret group that are that share uh, a certain set of ideals and share a point of view and share a worldview and are willing to take action to do something about it. And if if that's really what's happening, and that's really uh, the future is that this stuff is going to start becoming more and more prevalent in our lives, then you better start learning, people. You better start knowing about it, knowing what's going to happen. Sooner or later, you're going to have to make a choice. Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. Sooner or later, people, you're going to have to start making some hard decisions. And you know what? It's about time, in my opinion. It's about time. Running from our problems is not going to solve anything. It is only going to make things worse. I've been saying it 
at length, right? Yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm getting redundant. So I'm going to move on. First, I want to talk about awareness. And I found a piece by a girl named Caitlin Johnstone. Um, I don't really remember where I found this or who she is. Um, I think I'll go see if I can't find that information and share it with you after I read this to you. But I found this piece to be very, very enlightening. Uh, it's a good uh, example of some of the evidence or at least some of the point of views that other people that are like-minded as myself um, you know, it's just another piece of the puzzle, piece of of awareness that, you know, if you're, if you're thinking the way that I'm thinking and you're, you've been listening to my podcast and you like the, the content, you like the subject matter, you know, and there are more of us out there that, that see this stuff for what it is. And I love sharing our stories. I love, I love, who doesn't love validation? Who doesn't love, you know... And I'm not talking about that from like an ego point of view, but like if you're really on the quest for absolute truth and you really want to know what's going on and you have the courage to find out and you have the determination to seek truth at all costs, you have, you know, the best intentions of the whole in mind. You know, you can have the best intentions of the whole in mind and not be trying to force your point of view on other people. You can practice tolerance. You need to believe in freedom if you're going to live in a free society, right? Okay, so here we go. I want to read this piece. And I hope you like it. Here we go. A lack of awareness is the source of all our major problems, whether we're talking about war, poverty, ecocide, corruption, exploitation, authoritarianism, prejudice, or even much smaller scale problems like abusive family dynamics or the psychological suffering of the individual. If there were sufficiently widespread and penetrating awareness of the contributing factors in any of these problems, these problems would cease to exist. All you'd have left would be the odd natural disaster and the inevitability of sickness and death, which would also become far less problematic with the introduction of more awareness. Yes, from a certain point of view, it is true and accurate to say that many of our large-scale problems are due to the fact that humans whose brains lack functioning empathy centers are most well-equipped to manipulate their way into positions of power and influence, and that the amoral nature of crony capitalism ensures that it will be dominated by those willing to do whatever it takes to climb to the top. From a certain point of view, it is true and accurate to say that our problems are caused by the fact that things like war, oppression, ecocide, and exploitation will necessarily continue as long as our world is dominated by a system where those things are profitable and human behavior is driven by profit. 
But it is also true that underlying every single part of the dynamics I just listed is a fundamental lack of human awareness. Why are psychopaths allowed to manipulate their way into power and influence? Because people aren't sufficiently aware that it is happening. Manipulation only works if its target isn't aware that they're being manipulated. Whether you're talking about individual manipulation or collective manipulation via propaganda. If people were able to clearly perceive abusive power dynamics, their awareness of what's going on would render manipulation ineffective and they would use the power of their numbers to dissolve those abusive power dynamics. If people were sufficiently aware of what their government is doing, what oligarchs are doing, what banks are doing, what the military is doing, those power structures would be unable to operate in the way that they do now because a sufficient number of people would rise up collectively to stop them. This is why so much energy goes into protecting government secrecy. Circulating mass media propaganda, promoting internet censorship, and jailing journalists who reveal too much. And Sam Winchester in his latest podcast talks about Andy No, uh, an Asian American man that got the crap kicked out of him by Antifa uh, in, um, I think it was Portland, uh, Portland, Oregon, rather. And I guess uh, one of the guys from Mumford & Sons uh, tweeted that he liked the book and all of a sudden cancel culture came and just shut him down. They made this guy shrivel up and and obviously he's a spineless fucking cockroach, nobody, because he just buckled. He was like, oh, I need to take some time off to, you know, go uh, examine my blind spots. Oh, shut up, you pathetic coward. You let the mob manipulate you and, and and scare you into being yourself and being able to exercise your freedom of speech. It's disgusting. It's pathetic. It made me sad. But people, it's out there. This is coming. This is the inevitable future. They are preventing awareness of the truth from spreading so that they can continue operating in Darkness. If people were sufficiently aware of the horrors of imperialist aggression and how much military expansionism is costing them personally, they would never stand for it and they would force it to end. But you got to have balls to do that, don't you, people? You got to have a backbone. If people were sufficiently aware of the insanity of stockpiling Armageddon weapons on our planet, nuclear weapons would be eliminated everywhere. If people were sufficiently aware of how aggressively and unjustly they are being robbed by the ruling class, they would use the power of their numbers to take back what was stolen from them and create a more equitable system. That's debatable.
If people were sufficiently aware of what we are doing to our environment and what will happen to us if the near in the near term, if we don't stop, and I don't know, she's not specific about what we need to stop, but ecocide for profit would cease to be an option. Also, that's debatable. But I like where her head's at. It's about awareness, people. How can you how can you solve a problem if you don't even know? A problem exists. If people were sufficiently aware of how much wealth, information, and freedom is being taken from them every day for no other reason than to benefit the powerful, existing power structures would not be permitted to exist any longer. If people were sufficiently aware of the way mass scale narrative control is be narrative control is being used to manipulate the thoughts their thoughts, they think, the thoughts they think, about their nation and their world, those narratives would no longer be imbued with the power of belief. If people were sufficiently aware of how completely artificial our system of money and economics actually is, they would change it to a system that doesn't let human beings starve and die for not having enough imaginary numbers in their bank account. And people, that's capitalism the answer to that is free market capitalism free of government interference in the marketplace i know also debatable but eh, you know it's my podcast i can interject my point of view whenever i want (laughs) if people were sufficiently aware of the injustices caused by racism sexism and other forms of prejudice and sufficiently aware of the humanity possessed by those who are different from them and i've talked about that in a previous podcast in my experience we are all so much more similar than we are different But if people were sufficiently aware of that, all the injustices and inequalities caused by those prejudices would dissipate. If people were sufficiently aware of the cruelty and unsustainability of factory farming, new food systems would quickly replace it. Also debatable. If people were sufficiently aware of the abusive power dynamics in their nation, in their community, in their family, in their interpersonal relationships, those abusive power dynamics would not be permitted to continue. If people were sufficiently aware of their early childhood trauma, and the inner conditioning patterns which were set in place within them to cope with it, to cope with that early life trauma, they would heal that trauma and begin moving harmoniously on in the world. And boy, do so many of you people need that. I had, I, I allowed guilt to destroy a lot of things in my life for far too long. And one day I just said, I have to face this. I have to, I have to face my childhood uh, insecurities and issues and traumatic things that happened uh, to me at an early age. And I'm sure a lot of you don't like talking about it and you're probably feeling uncomfortable right now because I'm talking about it. But hey, we've all been there. We all got something, people. All of us got something. All of us got some type of early childhood trauma that goes unchecked and we do not realize how much damage running from it causes until it's too late, until we're too old. And that's another thing I'm trying to talk to you guys about on this podcast. People, you got to find the fucking balls to face this shit or we are fucked.
Okay? You can't run away anymore, people. All of our major problems are caused by a lack of awareness and can be solved by an increase in awareness. Duh. This is why fighting propaganda, opposing censorship, protecting press freedoms, and exposing the truth of what's really going on in our world is so important. It's also why inner work, inner work, on bringing consciousness to our inner processes is so important. Expanding awareness both inwardly and outwardly is the most important thing that a human being can do in this life. People, that's why I'm doing this podcast. This stuff that I'm covering is more important to me. It makes me feel like I'm actually leaving a mark. I'm giving one man's perspective in the 21st century, and I hope this kind of stuff that I'm talking about and people like me uh, that are trying to do the same thing, I, I hope they're remembered, and I hope this stuff is passed down in some form of oral tradition, and I hope, uh, I hope that mankind isn't completely taken over by the big club and turned into some type of android, robot, man, machine, DNA-altered, godlike creation of some extraterrestrial race. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. But, excuse me. Um, you know, I think all of us have some level of wanting to discover the purpose of human life. What, what are we here for? What are we doing? What's the point, right? That's what philosophy is all about. If we had sufficient awareness of what's true in ourselves and in our world, we would have paradise on earth. Maybe. Probably. Probably a lot closer to what we got now. Psychopathic manipulators would be no more capable of operating in such a world than a predator covered in glowing neon signs. And clanging bells would be capable of hunting. All dysfunction would be seen as clearly as a black smudge on a white tile and addressed just as easily. From there, our potential as a species would be limitless. Caitlin Johnstone. And I love that piece. Whether or not you agree with her claims and her, her points of, of view, you know you don't have to agree, people. You just have to be open-minded and let it swirl around your brain. You have to be aware. You have to know what you're talking about. Or else you'll never make fruitful use of your freedom. Some, some, that's what the media is for. It's like, it's like a, it's like a, you know, you know those nets they put out when people, like those suicide nets they put out? In uh, like China, where people jump to their deaths because they're getting worked to death or whatever, and they got these big nets that save you right at the end, right? Well, that's pretty much, you know. I mean, that's that's what it is. It's like, it's like the safety net is media manipulation and propaganda, and and, and 
for those of you who, who, you know, if you don't stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Like your mind isn't developed and isn't, you don't have any awareness. You don't know what's going on in the world. The propaganda is there to, to catch you and to tell you what you should think and to tell you what you, what you should feel and to tell you who's good and to tell you who's bad and to tell you what's right and what's wrong and to tell you what's cool and what's uncool. If you don't control your own mind, people, somebody else will. Somebody else will, and they will do it easily. That's why developing yourself and developing your capacities is so important. And you know what else this reminds me of? This It, it kind of reminds me of, uh, remember when I was talking about in uh, the Bernays' uh, propaganda episode? About, um, you know, just think about human nature. And like... Uh, what is this? It's, he says universal literacy. So the ability for everyone to finally read and to understand language or a language, maybe not all languages, obviously, but just, all, you know, the development and the advent of language and then the ability to read. You know, he says universal literacy didn't turn people, didn't liberate mankind. You know what I mean? It didn't liberate us. Not everybody fully developed themselves now that they could read and and and. We're capable of being self-sufficient and solving all the problems by their own hand without any help from the government. It actually turned people into consumers. He says universal literacy didn't liberate people. It turned people into consumers. And that's how a lot of the capitalist system is. I just got done telling you in that Caitlin Johnstone piece how, you know, the profit drives human behavior. We are so manipulated we might as well be a computer programming we might as well be living in the matrix we might as well be in a field with our minds plugged in to this bullshit virtual reality world that the big club wants you to think is real is it real remember that scene from the matrix where the where neo's in the thing and the little kid comes up to me talks to him about the spoon he's like when you're trying to bend the spoon try to remember the truth. And he's like, what's the truth? He's like, there is no spoon. <laughs> and he was right, because in the Matrix, it was, it was a computer simulation. Everything you thought he thought was real was actually completely fabricated. Not, not, you know, not real, not reality. You guys got to go watch the Matrix trilogy. It's one of the most philosophical. There's so many philosophical points. In fact, I think someone wrote a book called The Philosophy of the Matrix because there's so much philosophy in that trilogy of movies. If you guys haven't seen the Matrix trilogy yet, boy, go see it. It's amazing. Um, but anyway, what else did what else did Bernays say in his book Propaganda? He said human beings are irrational creatures that think. They are rational. Boy, is that not hitting the nail in, on the head. Holy shit. You know how many people in my life think that they're the calmest, most rational, most logical people? Oh, they're just above everybody. They know everything. <laughs> Man. We just cannot smell what we are shoveling, people. Our shit don't stink, does it? I mean... It's amazing the power of ego and how your egos are cultivated through that media and popular culture. And uh, 
It's just, it's such, it's so effective, people. Propaganda and brainwashing and mind manipulation and mind man manipulation enhanced by pharmacological methods. It's the final revolution. I think Aldous Huxley was right. How are we going to fight it? We're all slaves to it. We are all victims of it. If there's anything that human beings share, every race, color, creed around the world, is that we are all heavily manipulated and brainwashed. Our consent manufactured by the powerful, the rich, the governments of the world, and the big club. It's starting to pour down rain here in Minneapolis. So I'm going to take a break, and when I come back, we're going to move on. All right. Wow, that was that was crazy. It was like this really quick, just like gnarly squall of storm and like downpouring flash flood rain. It's pretty crazy. Uh, anyway, where was I? Um, so we're talking about awareness. Um, we're talking about... Caitlin Johnstone, I just found out a little bit about her, <laughs> and this is going to be interesting. So she is, let me read this little piece on her. Uh, she has a BA in Russian Area Studies and a PhD in French Literature from uh, the University of Minnesota, right here. She was active in the movement against the Vietnam War, organizing uh, the first international contacts between American citizens and Vietnamese representatives. Most of Johnstone's adult life was spent in France, Germany, and Italy. Very interesting. Uh, she is a self-proclaimed rogue journalist, bogan socialist, anarcho-psychonaut, and guerrilla poet, utopia prepper, and proudly 100% reader-funded through Patreon and PayPal. <laughs> so, she's probably got some interesting stuff. I really like her piece about awareness. Uh, apparently, she has a piece called Anatomy of a Far-Left Conspiracy Nutjob. <laughs> oh, where do I find this stuff? You know, some people, I'm telling you, like, we're all, like, idiot savants, people. Like, all of us, have, there's stuff about us that we are just absolutely brilliant and amazing at. And then parts of us are, you know, special needs, maybe, to an extent. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean, like, you know, I feel like people that are just the smartest or best artists or best at whatever their field is, are you know like like Nietzsche says they're like uh you can't be an intelligent enlightened person or something like that uh without a certain level and degree of madness <laughs> I think there's some I think there's some truth to that I think there's some truth to that uh I don't see anything not accurate about that so anyway okay um so yeah so you know and I was just I just got done telling you guys about awareness it, you know it's so important Awareness, people, it's so, it's so important because, you know, propagandists exist. <laughs> and they're trying to use the realities of human nature against you. Things that you have no control over. 
in a previous podcast, I said, you know, they've got it down to a psychological, like, science, surgically. Like, we can, they can go in and alter, alter DNA now. CRISPR's coming. Uh, these vaccines with the mRNA are coding, helping to code. I mean, people, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little mad right now. But, you know, these propagandists, it's not, it's, it's not conspiracy theory, people. They exist. And they're trying to use the realities of human nature against you in order to control your mind and hence in order to control your ability to think, your ability to act. That's why awareness and courage and education, self-education, not public education, is so important, people. And, I, you know, I wanted to run this, this thought by you, and I wanted to give you guys another example of how this propaganda and, and the media, how, how it works, and how you can, you can script, uh, you know, descriptive language and, and, and using lofty words that just sound so, oh my gosh, so official. That's just how a, a, a president and a government official should sound, right? And, you know, I kind of wanted to tie this uh, to, um, well, here, let me just read this thing that I wanted to say. So let me give you this example. Um, for example, you know, it sounds pretty official when someone in the military, uh, like, like, like reads, like recites off their rank to you and then maybe like lists the ribbons and the achievements that they have. Right. Like, for example, like, let me just read, let me just uh, give you my full military thing. And, and then I, I want to tell you something afterwards. So like, I am Operations Specialist, Second Class Petty Officer, Andrew Eric Forbreak, United States Navy. Uh, I have, I earned two Good Conduct Medals, the Coast Guard Meritor, uh, the Coast Guard Meritorious Unit Commendation, uh, the Sea Service Ribbon, the Armed Forces Expeditionary uh, Medal, and I am Surface Warfare Qualified. Okay. Uh, that's a really official sounding lofty thing and and I'm not I'm not trying to downgrade my own achievements by any means and my own title when I was in the military but people I was in the military for 4 years and you know what it's not really that big of a deal to people in the military who know what I'm talking about like I just read that off and anyone that was in the military heard me and are like oh wow you're probably in for like what 4 years and they're right <laughs> I was only in for 4 years but while I was there and right before I got out I was operations specialist second class petty officer Andrew Eric Forbrig United States Navy I earned two good conduct ribbons or medals whatever it was the Armed Forces Expeditionary Unit Commendation, the Coast Guard Meritorious Unit Commendation, and a Sea Service Deployment Ribbon. I mean, wow, this, it just sounds so great. So like, wow, this guy's official. Like, wow, he's really, he's really somebody, right? People, I just showed up. I just showed up to work. None of that shit matters. 
You know how I earned that stuff? Not getting in trouble when I probably should have. And showing up for work on time every day. That's it. That's it. And I know it's a weird analogy. I know it's a weird analogy. But this is my point I'm trying to tell you. Like, the media can say, you know, the most beautifully eloquent sentence you've ever heard in your entire life. And when you really tear it apart and break it down to what it actually means, nine times out of ten, it's a half-truth. It's, you know, a false dichotomy. It's... Uh, some type of logical fallacy. It doesn't make any sense. It's just a stupid, really lofty way of saying something really, not really that significant. You know? And like I said, I'm not trying to downplay my military achievements, but people, it's really not that big of a deal. It's just, it's just really pretty words that that say that I showed up for work on time and I serve my country honorably. But did I really do anything to earn that stuff? Like, did I participate in some battle where I, I won it for the home team? And, you know, no, I didn't. I just showed up. And the point I'm trying to make, people, is that having... being educated and having the awareness of what's going on in your life and in, in the world around you and then having the courage to, to just show up. Half of courage and half of determination, people, is just showing up. Making it a habit. Um, I think it was Aristotle. I don't remember who said it. But somebody said that, um, you know, greatness isn't uh, like the achievement of a goal. It, it's, it's oh God, I'm butchering the shit out of this. But like... Um, something to the effect of greatness is a habit. It's not an act. It's not like you perform some specific act and that's how you became great in the eyes of other people. No. You showed up for work every day on time. It's habitual. Some people are just habitually good people, hardworking, determined people that show up for work on time. Don't make excuses. For the problems in their life. Own up to their mistakes. Learn from their mistakes. People who are honest with themselves. And aren't cowards. Trying to run away from consequences. And trying to run away from responsibility. Because they'd just rather be ego driven. And all about themselves. And screw everybody else. And that's so much of the problem with what's going on in this country. So much of the problem is that people just don't even have the balls to show up. People don't even have the balls to investigate for five seconds. People don't have the attention span, the knowledge of history. They don't even have the inclination that there's a possible very, very, very dark days coming for this country and for our nation. They're not even aware of it. You know, and it should be no surprise to any American citizen living today that a nation like this that is so manipulated and and they manipulate you and they manufacture your cons- your consent so that they can go around the world. We we are so in love 
with going around the world, waging war on people outside of this country. Whether they ask us to defend them or not, whatever, we'll always find a way. The big club always finds a way. All around the world, waging war. A country so in love with waging war on people outside of this country and around the world, it should be no surprise, people, that one day they're going to turn around and start waging that war against the people inside of this country. Domestic terrorists, I'm telling you, people, these labels, if they can label you and put you in a little group, divide and conquer, it's scary. And it's, it's here. It's coming. It's not going away. So you can try to run from it all you want, people. You're not going to be able to run and hide. Privacy's going away. Everything's surveilled. It's a new Orwellian world. You got to watch what you say. You got to watch your double speak. <laughs> you got to you got to know what news speak is. The Ministry of Truth is coming. People, V for Vendetta happening. The movie Network, happening. The movie Wag the Dog, happening. Does life imitate art, or does art imitate life? The old Andy War Warhol, Hall, God, I can't even talk. The old Andy Warhol dichotomy. You know, do, do the movies and the music reflect what's going on in the world? Or not? Is it you know? Are we professing a a, a better world? Are, are we? Is are, are it, you know? Are the artists of today really telling the whole story? Are there even any artists anymore? People, I'm telling you, the beauty of freedom and the beauty of self-government and religious liberty and religious tolerance and the, the ideals that were the philosophical roots that founded this nation, people, I'm telling you, if we flush it down the toilet, it's like Kitty Worthman said, once America's gone, there is no place else to go. Ugh. People, we need courage. We need awareness. We need... We need to work hard. We need to be determined. Courage plus awareness plus determination at all costs equals progress, people. If we're going to make any progress, we need to, we need to first defeat the divide and conquer agenda. And we got we to gotta join forces and, and not let them pit us against each other all the time. Turn off the news. That is all brainwashing propaganda, people. We need, you know, we need effort. Uh, we need strategy. Uh, you know, we need ambition. We need awareness. I recently came across this quote, and I didn't know who the who the guy was that made the quote, but I love it. And I re I looked up who this gentleman was, and I found that he read a book about habits. And I was absolutely fascinated because I, I luckily, by the grace of the gods, uh, stumbled upon this guy right as I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about in this podcast today. And it, it just, this, I'm telling you, like this stuff might be foreordained. It just keeps falling in my lap at the right time. So here we go. 
quote, without hard work, a great strategy remains a dream. And without a strategy, hard work becomes a nightmare, unquote. And that's by a guy named James Clear. And James Clear uh, wrote a book called Atomic Habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. So I'm going to pick up this guy's book. This sounds very fascinating to me, especially because, I mean, we're all habitual creatures, human nature, people. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. I've been saying it. You got to know human nature. You got to know the realities of who you are versus how big of a whatever above everybody else ego your ego tells you you are. (laughs) You're just a habitual, fallible creature like the rest of us. You're not special. You know what makes people special? Determination. Perseverance. Open-mindedness. Pragmatism. The ability to cooperate. Intellectual honesty. Having a backbone. Having balls. Not selling your alleged loved ones down the river so that you don't have to face consequences and responsibilities. I know I, I get redundant, people. I know I get it, and I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I, I don't uh, like. I I feel like I'm going to devote my life to trying to motivate and educate people. <laughs> There's a concerted effort to keep you <laughs> feeble-minded, stupid, apathetic, lazy, bored, just locked into the matrix. People, I'm telling you, you got to be aware of it, or else you are going to be a victim. James Clear. James Clear is an author and speaker focused on habits, decision-making, and continuous improvement. His work has appeared in the New York Times, Entrepreneur, Time Magazine, and on CBS This Morning. His website received millions of visitors each month and hundreds of thousands subscribe to his popular email newsletter at jamesclear.com. He's a regular speaker at Fortune 500 companies and his work is used by teams in the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. Big deal, seems like, huh? Through his online course, The Habits Academy, Clear has taught more than 10,000 leaders, managers, coaches, and teachers. The Habits Academy is the premier training platform for individuals and organizations that are interested in building better habits in life and work. Okay? And here's a little bit about his book, Atomic Habits. Over a million copies sold. Tiny changes, remarkable results, no matter your goals, Atomic Habits offers a proven framework for improving every day. James Clear, one of the world's leading experts in habit formation, reveals practical strategies that will teach you exactly how to form good habits, break bad ones, and master the tiny behaviors that lead to remarkable results. People, I've been saying it at length. It does not take a lot of effort to achieve remarkable results. All you got to do is wake up and be curious and then find the courage to educate yourself, perfect yourself, 
and be able to locate yourself in the world so that you can make fruitful use of your freedom and you can make the best decisions for yourself and for your family. If you're having trouble changing your habits, the problem isn't you. The problem is your system. Bad habits repeat themselves again and again, not because you don't want to change, allegedly, but because you have the wrong system for change. Boy, does this guy hit the nail on the head or what? You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Here you'll get a proven system that can take you to new heights. James Clear is known for his ability to distill complex topics into simple behaviors that can be easily applied to daily life and work. He draws on the most proven ideas from biology, psychology, and neuroscience to create an easy-to-understand guide for making good habits inevitable and bad habits impossible. Boy! I don't know about you people, but I am sold. <laughs> I'm reading this guy's book for sure. My fiance tells me I'm I'm a creature of habit so many times. She's a creature of habit for telling me how that I'm a creature of habit as often as she does. <laughs> uh, along the way, readers will be inspired and entertained with true stories from Olympic gold medalists, award-winning artists business leaders, life-saving physicians, and star comedians who have used the science of small habits to master their craft and vault to the top of their field. Learn how to make time for new habits, overcome a lack of motivation and willpower, design your environment to make success easier, and get back on track when you fall off course. You know what? Because you're going to fall off course, people. We're fallible creatures. Atomic habits will reshape the way you think about progress and success and give you the tools and strategies you need to perform your habits. Whether you are a team looking to win a championship, an organization hoping to redefine an industry, or simply an individual who wishes to quit smoking, lose weight, reduce stress, or achieve any other goal. James Clear, Atomic Habits. And I, I, I mean, I absolutely love this quote. I absolutely love this quote. Without hard work, a great strategy remains a dream. This is like the entire capitalism argument conversation right here, by the way. All you lefties, listen up. If you're not willing to bust your ass, and if you're not smart enough to build something... You know, who cares about the laborers? Who cares about the people that are just plugging the holes, doing the paperwork? That's not, you're not offering anything. Remember when I was talking about the 80-20 rule? Remember when I was talking about the Pareto principle and with Stefan Molyneux uh, in that episode? Over 50% of the value of any company is created by less than what? What do you say, 25%? Out of, 10, out of a company of 10,000 people, 100 of them create over 50% of the value. People, your labor is not important. <laughs> What's Stefan Molyneux say in that episode? He was like, you know, he was a waiter when he was younger. And, you know, 
if there was no restaurant and no systems in place and no infrastructure around him in order to bring food and beverage to people sitting at tables, I mean, is that skill really useful in the real world? No. It's labor. It's just labor. You're selling your labor for a wage. And you agreed to it voluntarily. There's no... There's no exploitation going on. <laughs> I don't understand how you how you socialists and you communists don't get that. I don't understand how you can't see it. Uh, Publius, uh, Publius, what was his name? Publius. I don't know. I think it was some uh, Greek or maybe it was a Roman dude, Roman philosopher. I forget. I could be getting that wrong. But I remember the quote: "Everything is worth what its purchaser." will pay for it. The labor theory of value, people? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If I'm willing to buy your shoes for five bucks and the guy next to me really likes your shoes and he's willing to spend a hundred bucks. You see what I'm saying? Economics is really just driven by human behavior and human desires and people pursuing their own separate interests. You know, I, I'm not going to launch into the capitalism uh, and good old Milty episode again, but people, all the stuff connects. The answers you seek are out there. You do not have to look far, people. You don't. And I'm going to close uh, with a quote from Bertrand Russell. And I've been posting a lot of his stuff on the social media sites lately because I just love the guy. He's got He's got some great insights, very intelligent guy. And uh, I want to talk to, or I want to, I want to, I want to talk to you guys about. No, I want to read this quote by Bertrand Russell to you uh, about education and the importance of teaching and the importance of really learning what's really going on in the world. So here we go. Quote: No man can be a good teacher unless he has feelings of warm affection towards his pupils and a genuine desire to impart to them what he himself believes to be of value. This is not the attitude of the propagandist. To the propagandist, his pupils are potential soldiers in an army. They are to serve purposes that lie outside of their own lives, not in the sense in which every generous purpose transcends self, but in the sense of ministering to unjust privilege or to despotic power. The propagandist does not desire that his pupils should survey the world and freely choose a purpose which to them appears of value. He desires like a Toparian artist, that their growth shall be trained and twisted to suit the gardener's purpose. And in thwarting their natural growth, he is apt to destroy in them all generous vigor, replacing it by envy, destructiveness, and cruelty. There is no need for men to be cruel, on the contrary, I am persuaded that most cruelty results from the thwarting in early years above all from thwarting what is good.
No man can be a good teacher unless he has feelings of warm affection towards his pupils and a genuine desire to impart to them what he himself believes to be of value. The TV and the propaganda isn't telling you that, people. They're not telling you the whole story. They're leaving stuff out. They, they want to control the narrative. Control what you think is true and what you think is fantasy so that they can radicalize you and turn you into a potential soldier in some army. They are to serve purposes that lie outside their own lives. Don't look inwardly, look outwardly. What don't you have? Why is that guy better off than you? Not, you know, not in the sense in which every generous purpose transcends self, but in the sense of ministering to unjust privilege or to despotic power. People, if you don't stand for nothing, you're going to fall for anything. The propagandist does not desire that his people should survey the world and freely choose a purpose which to them appears of value. He desires that their growth shall be trained and twisted to suit the gardener's purpose, which is saying... You know, you need to be you need to be given the tools and having the mentorship needed so that you can develop your own self and make your own decisions. Find your own purpose. Oh man. We gotta get smarter people. We gotta become more aware. And I know that there's some inherent fear involved in the act of becoming more aware and in the act of being intellectually honest and educating yourself. But you got to get there, people. You got to get there. We got to find the courage, have the balls. We got to be smart enough to see, you know, you got to be able to read between the lines. And find the story that's being left out. Because that's normally where the truth is found. In my humble opinion and in my experience. And clearly in the experience and in the opinion of many, many, many enlightened, intelligent people that came before us. Like, what is life worth? You know, sooner or later... We're all going to have to make a choice, people. What is life worth to you? You know, you don't, gotta, you don't have to be religious to believe in sanctity of life. And all sanctity of life is, is that either there's a div divine purpose for the human race, or there's a divine purpose where we are just a cog in the machine. One civilization in a universe of many, many, many civilizations. And maybe all those civilizations live under an all-seeing, omnipotent God. Maybe all the religions are really just talking about the same thing. What's our purpose? Why are we here? How are we going to live peacefully together? And what happens to us after we die?
Manly P. Hall thinks that, you know, I mean, his first speech was on reincarnation. And, and he actually talks about it. He actually thinks that our soul energy is just, it's the same. We, we don't ever die. We're just constantly reincarnated into new, into new living, breathing beings. You know, maybe humans that are self-aware or maybe animals that are just, you know, all sensory and, and you know, the wild and just survival, fight or flight. Human beings are unique and separate from that. Somewhere along the way, we became separate from the animal kingdom. Because we're self-aware. We can self-identify. We can rationalize. We can locate ourselves in the universe. That's one hell of a gift. You know, maybe. Or maybe it's a blessing and a curse. You know, there's a lot of people that commit suicide. You know, there are minds, I've seen minds crack in the military. I've seen people get radicalized very slowly in my day. It's a struggle. It's a struggle for everybody. I think life is, you know, that old Buddhist saying is so true. Life is suffering. Life is suffering. You will never not suffer. One could make the argument that all of human desire and striving is the desire and the striving to eliminate fear, to eliminate suffering, worry. I think I, I once heard somebody describe like drug addiction and uh, the use of like psychedelics and and substances as you know you're not you're not trying to escape um god i'm gonna butcher that too but like it, you know you're not addicted to the drug you're addicted to escaping reality and that, that's some of the truest words i've ever heard people that are addicted to drugs I think they get to that point because of trauma and because they're trying to escape the reality of this world. And maybe it's because they're too chicken shit to face the realities of this world and to become more aware and to educate themselves about things and to try to perfect themselves. Or maybe, you know, it's peer pressure and they just fall into the wrong group of people that uh, aren't looking out for their best interests and they, you know, are people that just trust people too much and are too free and open, and they're taken advantage of for that. And it's not really because they're gullible or naive, although maybe that's a part of it, but it's just because it's easy to to take advantage of someone that really gen, genuinely just wants what's best for everybody and wants everything to go well and uh, for us to all be happy and live in peace. <laughs> that was a... <laughs> That was a a goose that just flew by my window, if you heard that. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast, people. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Hope you guys aren't bored yet. Um, I'm going to play something very inspiring and something very motivating. And... 
I love this story. This is a story from an admiral uh, in the United States Navy. And he was given a speech at, I think it was a commencement. I think it was graduation somewhere. I don't remember. But I remember almost being moved to tears when I listened to this for the first time. And, you know, just in, in the spirit of thinking about the James Clear book and about how um, we need to figure out how the very micro actions in our lives uh, contribute to forming this system in ourselves that is just this habitual, um, you know, I don't know, almost brainwashed to an extent. Like, just the inability to think clearly. And I mean, there's so many forces that are just trying to keep us in some type of routine. I have a song, I mean, I have a line in a song, uh, one of my old band nonprofit songs that says, um, The devil lives in the routine that's keeping everyone from doing what they need. The routine, if your routine isn't positive and well thought out and calculated and with a clear plan in mind, where are you going? What are you doing? You're just coasting through, hoping for the best. Never having the balls to try. Never having the balls to attempt. Never having anyone pushing you, holding you accountable, giving you responsibilities, seeing if you can maintain your responsibilities. Maybe some of you just never had that. You never had a dad, you know, kicking your ass, teaching you stuff. You know, I was one of those people. My mother was an angel. She... She's one of the most selfless people I've ever known in my entire life. And she did everything she could to give me a good life. And I thank her for it to this day. But, you know, part of my problems and part of my early life trauma is because, I, you know, I, I never knew my real dad. And it wasn't really that big of a deal to me for a very long time. But once I faced it and I learned about things and I, you know, put things in perspective... Um, you know, I still don't feel great about all of it, but I, I definitely have made a lot of progress from where I once was. You know? And I think we all just you know, what what is what's the point of walking through life just coasting and hoping for the best and just being at the whim of everything that, that you interact with? It's just sad and pathetic to me. I just feel bad for people like that. And you know, and I hope I really hope that if there's anything that you guys are getting out of this podcast is that, you know, hopefully my years of going over this stuff and thinking and uh, about it and researching, etc., um, and being able to you know give it back to others and, and help you know helping to educate. Um, I don't know. Ho hopefully you guys are getting something out of this. I hope I'm not boring you guys to death, and. I just really hope that we figure this out, man. I'm getting, I'm starting to get increasingly more fearful about the future by the day. But I'm also, I'm also ready to step up, people. I'm also ready to get back on those front lines if, if that's what it comes to. I'm very comfortable and confident in my abilities. I know I don't know everything, but I know what I'm capable of.
All right, so here we go. I'm going to pump you guys up. Uh, this is a speech by... Let me see if I can find this guy's name real quick. Uh, here we go. U.S. Navy Admiral William McRaven with a speech entitled, If You Want to Change the World. If you want to change the world, start off by making your bet. If you make your bet every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride, and it will encourage you to do another task, and another, and another. And by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that the little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made. <laughs> that you made. <laughs> and a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. To pass SEAL training, there are a series of long swims that must be completed. One is the night swim. Before the swim, the instructors joyfully brief the students on all the species of sharks that inhabit the waters off San Clemente. They assure you, however, that no student has ever been eaten by a shark. At least not that they can remember. He's talking about Navy SEAL training. But you are also taught that if a shark begins to circle your position, Stand your ground. Do not swim away. Do not act afraid. And if the shark, hungry for a midnight snack, darts towards you, then summons up all your strength and punch him in the snout, and he will turn and swim away. There are a lot of sharks in the world. If you hope to complete the swim, you will have to deal with them. No choice. So if you want to change the world, don't back down from the sharks. Don't back Over a few down weeks from of the sharks. Training, my SEAL class, which started with 150 men, was down to just 42. There were now six boat crews of seven men each. I was in the boat with the tall guys, but the best boat crew we had was made up of the little guys, the Munchkin crew, we called them. No one was over five foot five. The Munchkin boat crew had one American Indian, one African American, one Polish American, one Greek American, one Italian American and two tough kids from the Midwest. They out-paddled, out-ran, and out-swam all the other boat crews. The big men in the other boat crews would always make good-natured fun of the tiny little flippers the munchkins put on their tiny little feet prior to every swim. But somehow these little guys from every corner of the nation and the world always had the last laugh, swimming faster than everyone and reaching the shore long before the rest of us. SEAL training was a great equalizer. Nothing mattered but your will to succeed. Not your color, not your ethnic background, not your education, not your social status. If you want to change the world, measure a person by the size of their heart, not by the size of their flippers. The ninth week of training is referred to as Hell Week. It is six days of no sleep, constant physical and mental harassment, and one special day at the Mud Flats. The mudflats are an area between San Diego and Tijuana where the water runs off and creates the Tijuana sloughs, a swampy patch of terrain where the mud will engulf you. It is on Wednesday of Hell Week that you paddle down to the mudflats and spend the next 15 hours trying to survive the freezing cold, the howling wind, and the 
incessant pressure to quit from the instructors. As the sun began to set that Wednesday evening, my training class, having committed some egregious infraction of the rules, was ordered into the mud. The mud consumed each man till there was nothing visible but our heads. The instructors told us we could leave the mud if only five men would quit. Only five men, just five men, and we could get out of the oppressive cold. Looking around the mud flat, it was apparent that some students were about to give up. It was still over eight hours till the sun came up. Eight more hours of bone-chilling cold. The chattering teeth and the shivering moans of the trainees were so loud, it was hard to hear anything. And then one voice began to echo through the night. One voice raised in song. The song was terribly out of tune, but sung with great enthusiasm. One voice became two, and two became three, and before long, everyone in the class was singing. The instructors threatened us with more time in the mud if we kept up the singing, but the singing persisted, and somehow the mud seemed a little warmer, and the wind a little tamer, and the dawn not so far away. If I have learned anything in my time traveling the world, it is the power of hope. The power of one person, a Washington, a Lincoln, King, Mandela, a young girl from Pakistan, Malala. One person can change the world by giving people hope. So if you want to change the world, start each day with a task completed. Find someone to help you through life. Respect everyone. Know that life is not fair and that you will fail often. But if you take some risks, step up when the times are the toughest, face down the bullies, lift up the downtrodden, and never, ever give up. Never. If you do these things, the next generation and the generations that follow will live in a world far better than the one we have today. And what started here will indeed have changed the world for the better. There it is, people. Never give up. can't even make your bed <laughs> how are you going to change the world if you don't even know what's going on in the world and you live in this little bubble walking around with blinders on having tunnel vision I mean what are we doing people is anybody paying attention is anybody out there listening to my voice? Do you have the balls to look past habit and routine and make the effort, have the courage? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's happening in the world around and you know it's like it really does feel like we're just people are just so mesmerized and so controlled it really almost feels too late like what are we going to do what can one person do right well you can start by perfecting yourself I mean I know it's so cliche you want to change the world first change yourself it's absolute truth people it's the absolute truth. So if you're one of these 
knucklehead idiots running around with your holier-than-thou, I'm right about everything, everybody's wrong, the world owes me something. No one ever held you accountable for anything in your entire life. You were probably spoiled shitless. Your parents were too busy. Or maybe just not smart enough to teach you what you needed to know. Maybe you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth and, you know, your parents got a lot of money and you never really had to know the value of a hard day's work and know the struggle. Know the value of a dollar. But, I mean, the... the the realities of these world of this world is you know it's not fair it's not fair but the sooner we accept it and the sooner we face it the sooner we face our fears the sooner we st- decide to strive to be better the sooner we distra- we decide to have intellectual curios- curiosity and you know intellectual honesty Humility. I mean, I don't know. I would rather go to my grave. I'd rather be laying out on my deathbed knowing that I spent my entire life trying to be better, trying to be a better person than I was the previous day. And I've made a lot of mistakes in my day. Don't get me. Oh, boy. Probably more than most. And the reason why is because in my life, I've been I've been kind of crazy. I've been I've been, you know, courageous enough to try a lot of things, and, and you know, I was a thrill hound, wannabe rock star for years. <laughs> you know, I was a hundred percent ego driven. But then over time, you know, you just sooner or later you gotta it's it's either in your DNA or it's not. Either you're going to be a narcissistic, megalomaniac, demagogue, egomaniac, douchebag, or you're going to be a decent, good, welcoming, open-minded, cooperative, reasoned, rational person. Who do you want to be? It's like when I talked about, you know, that Strung Out song, Analog. You know, you take the way you know, I'll take the road unknown and meet you there at the end of time. What are we going to be? Who do you want to be, people? You want to be the person that takes the road you know? Same old, same old status quo all the time. Just spoon-fed propaganda. Believe it like it's the word of God. Or do you want to take the road unknown? Do you want to reach for the stars? Do you want to try to make your life worth something? Do you want to try to see what you got? What do you got? Who are you? Do we even know who we are anymore as a nation? Do you even know who you are as a person? big I know it's it's you know sometimes it's not easy to hear this stuff it's hard it's hard being able to self-reflect being able to be intellectually honest 
and, and, and being able to check yourself and check your ego, that's hard. That is very, very difficult for people to do. I get it. I get it. But pe people, that's the only way out. The only way out of this mess, the only way to move forward as a species is to try to get better every single day. Try to break the habits that keep you locked into unhealthy routines. You can do it. I know you can. I know you can. I have faith in you. I believe. I have hope. I want to be with you guys in the mud flats. Being mentally and physically ridiculed, antagonized, asked to quit every minute. Just quit. All this hell, all this anguish, it can all be over. All you got to do is quit. All you got to do is give up. Very easy decision to make, isn't it? It can all be over right now. All you got to do is quit. That's why military training is so effective and works so well. They, they you know, you off you hear people talk about it all the time that they break you down and then they build you back up. It's very true. They destroy your ego. You will be humbled. And from that f fragile, um, vulnerable place, you know, it reminds me of that, that line from V for Vendetta that I told you guys about in a previous podcast. You know, um, what does she say? She says, not until you've lost everything are you free to do anything and that's really the whole idea behind what i'm trying to tell you guys you guys got to break down these habits and these routines you got to be able to look past the propaganda and the systems of control that completely dominate your life you got to learn about them you got to know how it's happening you got to be aware all the problems in this world could be solved if everybody was aware and there is a concerted effort to keep us all stupid. I've been talking about it since episode one. I'm getting a little long-winded and dramatic here. But this stuff is so important to me. If there's anything... You know, when I'm looking back at my life, when I'm on my deathbed, if I can be able to say to myself, I did everything I could to make the world I lived in a better place than it was the day before then I can die a happy man. I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, you know what we're going to do, baby. We're going to turn up the optimism and the fun. And it's going to be time for some punk rock, baby, on the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. All right. Whew. We are back, people. I wanted to read just a few more little things, and then uh, we're going to play a punk rock song. So, I don't know where I saw this at, I just liked it, I'm going to read it to you. It took being betrayed to realize how I've been betraying myself. It took me not understanding the hurtful actions of others 
to realize how my own pain is misunderstood. It took seeing those I love fight to stay behind their veil of delusion to find the courage to speak behind my own. It took acknowledging the broken I'm sorry, it took acknowledging the brokenness of the world to dare making myself whole. I like that a lot. Um I saw this uh, thing, uh, I found a, actually an Anthony Bourdain quote that I love. And I think I kind of talked about this really briefly in a previous podcast, obviously. But I like what uh, Bourdain says here. I miss that guy. God, I loved his TV show. That guy was... Ugh, it's the saddest, saddest story. The Anthony Bourdain story is the saddest thing. It still, still makes me sad. Anyway, uh, here we go. Anthony Bourdain and I quote... Travel changes you. As you move through this life and, th- and through this world, you change things slightly. You leave marks behind, however small. And in return, life and travel leaves marks on you. Most of the time, those marks on your body or on your heart are beautiful. Often, though, they hurt. Man, Ugh. Bourdain, man. Uh, I found another Carl Sagan quote. And uh, this kind of goes back to uh, the <laughs> the John Dewey school system uh, episode I did. I think it was episode five. Carl Sagan, and I quote, You go talk to kindergartners or first grade kids and you find a class full of science enthusiasts and they ask deep questions. They ask, what is a dream? Why do we have toes? Why is the moon round? What is the birthday of the world? Why is the grass green? (laughs) These are profound, important questions. They just bubble right out of them. Right out of these kindergartners and first graders. You know, these questions just bubble right out of them. But then you go talk to 12th graders. And there's none of that. They've become incurious. Something terrible has happened between kindergarten and 12th grade. Carl Sagan. This quote is by Gaius Musonius Rufus, who I believe was a Roman politician. If you accomplish something good with hard work, the labor passes quickly, but the good endures. If you do something shameful in pursuit of pleasure... The pleasure passes quickly, but the shame endures.
And this one, this just happened in the news the other day. <laughs> uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. Quote, Our system is set up where our politicians, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, are designed to make us not like each other so they can keep their grasp of money and power. They divide and conquer. Unquote. Charles Barkley, Sir Charles, just said that the other day on national television. I couldn't be more proud. That's the most punk rock shit I've seen in a while. You have my respect, Mr. Charles Barkley, for having the balls to speak truth on a media news network, my friend. Boy, thank you, and I hope more celebrities of your caliber follow in your footsteps. We need some courage, some education, and some awareness. This has been episode 23? 23 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Triple P. <laughs> Triple P. I can't decide if I like that yet. I just like saying it triple P on diners, drive-ins, and dives. <laughs> oh, man. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. This is a long one. Hope you guys liked it. Uh, we'll be back soon. Episode 24 coming soon. Love you guys. Thank you. Good night. We'll see you next time.